Welcome back to Cairo Nights. Matt, do you think you could make it a day without music? Absolutely not. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I can't tell you how many times in my day, no matter what I'm doing, while I'm commuting, working, working at home, working around the house, I got to have music on. you think you could make it a day without your phone? A day, yes. There was a study done in England, um, and they spoke to 2,000 citizens. 71% of the people that were surveyed said they would struggle to manage their life if they didn't have access to the internet. Is that safe to say you think you'd be in, fall in that category? If you, if you didn't have access to the internet, it'd be tough to do what you do, yeah, live your day-to-day. Yeah, it'd be impossible to actually do my job. Yeah. Although some would argue that I don't do it anyway, but <laughs> it would make it even harder. I'll testify on your behalf, I promise you. Without a phone, more than half of the people surveyed, this is over in London, the UK, I should say, 56% said without a phone, they would hardly communicate with anyone at all. That 56% of people say they have no communication outside of their phone, basically, with other human beings. That's how isolated the phone has allowed us to become. Because, to be fair, when you've got your phone, when you've got an internet connection, when you've got social media, you're connected. Whether you're alone or not, you don't have to be with a group of people to be connected because you've, you've got the net. You've got social media. Did a study a while back about how alone time is important for kids and how hard it is to get alone time when you've got a phone in your hand, if you're a young person, when you've got social media. How important it is for young people to have alone time to process the experiences of their day, the troubles that they're facing with family, with school, with friends. When you're a young mind developing your personality, figuring out who you're going to be in this world, being able to download the events of your day, being able to, and I'm talking about download from the, I'm talking about what happens to you in your brain and how you deal with it psychologically, how you deal with it emotionally. Every kid needs to do that. Adults aren't much different, except that we have become completely, completely, uh, you know, reliant on our phones. So most adults in this study, most adults said they couldn't make it more than five hours without their phone because they, whether it would be, you know, work like you, Matt, like you say, you know, checking messages, checking online banking, social media, maps, directions, all the things that you use your phone for, you know, it'd be tough to do all the things you do without your phone. When I leave home without my phone, I feel completely untethered, completely. I mean, it's, it's amazing what we used to be able to do without a phone in our hands. Wasn't that long ago? We didn't always have connection to everybody and everything. Having to find a store. I was, last week I was helping an uncle. I stopped by my uncle's house. It's my wife's uncle, but he's my uncle. He and his wife are in their 80s. Living at home still, right? And we stopped by to visit, check on them, see if they need anything. We stopped by my uncle's house, and he he asked me to swap out a light bulb in his kitchen, right? And he said, oh, I'm going to order one. I'm going to have one, you know, delivered. 
I'm like, nah, freaking Uncle Lee, I'll do it. I'll, I'll run to the store. I'll run to the store and grab you a light bulb. And I left his house and got in the car. I'm driving toward the hardware store and realized that I forgot my phone. It's still at his house. And I didn't know I had to find a hardware store, not in my neighborhood, without a phone. It was challenging. I kind of knew where one was and I've, I, f- I managed to find my way to it. And they didn't have exactly what I needed. And I couldn't search what exactly what I needed and find out where I could get that. Had to drive, had to press my luck and find another hardware store close by. And it only took me two other stops to find exactly the bulb he needed for his kitchen light. But I did it. But without a phone, it was it was a challenge. You take for granted how convenient connectivity is. Being able to find whatever we want, Google whatever we want. Check scores, check up, you know, check ferry times, check traffic conditions, check a traffic map from from the Wasdot app on your phone. The study in the UK said 57% of people say that digital connection is vital for their well-being. 56% said it's vital for their social life. 49% said they rely on accessing the internet to do their job. Half of us, half of us can't do our job without being able to access the internet. That's how prominent connectivity and technology has become for all of us. And there are people who feel like we have kind of given away a large portion of our life because we're so connected. It seems kind of weird to say that because we rely so much on the phone for, for our job and for our social life and for you know running errands or whatever it might be. But as the study said, 71% say they would struggle to manage their life if they didn't have the internet. So they wouldn't communicate with anyone if they didn't have a phone to do it with. Over half the people surveyed, 56%, they wouldn't talk to anybody. So with this technology in our hands and all the wonder it brings and all the convenience and ease of getting around and doing our day-to-day it brings, it's taken away our ability to just talk to people. You know, we don't do the things we used to do. We don't... Kids don't play anymore, don't get together with their friends anymore because they're on a phone with their friends. They're social media with their friends. They're online gaming with their friends. You know, they're they're on Instagram. They're touching base that way. They don't, they don't have to go over to their friend's house. Their friend's in their phone. All they need with connect, you know, social connections is right there in their phone. I think it'd be hard to it'd be hard to go a full day. Without my phone, it would be, it would be hard. Five hours sounds about right. Five hours, I'd be going a little crazy. If I made it five hours without my phone, I'd be going a little whack. I'd feel like I was missing out on things. My wife wouldn't be happy not being able to get me for five hours. I can promise you that. My kids too. Reach out constantly. Moving on to another subject. Do you think we're over-medicated as a people? Do you think we take, we, we rely too much on, uh, I, I'm going to ask this, anxiety drugs, anti-anxiety drugs, right? I talked to, uh, talked to Jack Stein today about this a little bit. There's a study been done by the, uh, the Journal of American Medicine published a study that says 
relaxation, meditation, a sense of practicing mindfulness can relieve anxiety just as effectively as anti-anxiety medication can do. Now, a lot of people are on anti-anxiety meds, right? And And that's great. You know, a pharmaceutical solution to a chemical imbalance in your brain is a great tool to have. And I was talking to Jack about it, and he says, man, let me tell you about my day. Every day, it's 90 minutes of hot yoga. Every day. That's how he starts his day down in California. So such a California way to do things. But at the end of that 90 minutes, he is focused. He feels connected to everything in his life. He's not scattered or anxious. He's not worried about stuff. And I thought to myself, that sounds like the perfect solution to all of all the things that we take a pill to cure these days. You know, so many people are prescribed anti-anxiety meds. And we could easily eliminate the need to have that because they all come with side effects. They all come with limited uh, success, limited, you know, you build up a tolerance to meds. You know, limited effectiveness, diminished diminished return the longer you stay on a med for your anxiety. And then the doctor has to try something else, a different med. And you have to trial and error period of dialing it in just so it's just right, you know. And there's loss of, you know, loss of ambition, loss of sex drive for a lot of these medications for folks. And you could eliminate that sense of anxiety if you just dedicated 90 minutes of your day to mindfulness. And then we're talking about no 90 minutes of hot yoga, but just being, I'm not, you know, he, he described the sense of, or the practice of mindfulness as being in connection with your body, right? Knowing your breathing, knowing your, your serenity. And that that simple exercise can eliminate the need for anti-anxiety meds. And I said, that sounds great. It sounds like, you know, why would I want to put something foreign into my body to junk with the chemistry in my brain to relieve anxiety if I could do that just by being more mindful, practicing mindfulness? And then I figured out the answer is, who has 90 minutes a day to dedicate to self-care? And I mean, the answer is we all do if we prioritized. If we made our personal health and our personal well-being, our mental health, we talk about all the mental health assistance we need, right? And, and there are folks who need professional health, of course, professional help. But if we made ourselves a priority, we could do that without needing meds. We could eliminate, you know, taking a pill to solve this problem, taking a pill to solve that problem, just by dedicating more time to ourselves and taking care of ourselves. But we don't do that. Because we're overscheduled, we're always doing three more things than we're supposed to be doing, we're always committing to too many things, and you don't have the time of day to make yourself a priority. I had a friend who's a personal trainer text me after we did the show this afternoon, and she she texted me and said, look, man, I, I could not agree with you more. You were spot on that we don't make ourselves a priority. We have the ability to. We have the ability to decide how we're going to plan our day, how we're going to spend our day, how we're going to budget the time we get each day. 
And if you dedicate more time to yourself, if you make yourself a higher priority, you're going to get more days. That's just the natural effect of taking better care of yourself. I'm thinking that all, that sounds great. That's like the answer to the test. Why wouldn't I want to do that? If I know this is what's going to make me happier, healthier, live longer, be more at peace, enjoy my day more, enjoy my family more, why wouldn't I do this? Because we're all too lazy. We're all too, we all want an easy solution for all of our problems. And if there's a doctor can give you a pill, why would you dedicate, why would you, you know, take hours to get a result that you can get from a pill? And it, when you say it out loud, it sounds so stupid to rely on a pill when you can fix the problem yourself just by dedicating time to yourself doing the things you know, practicing, you know, slowing down, getting in touch with yourself, whether it's hot yoga, Jack's like 104 degrees for an hour a day, pretty women on both sides of me. I'm like, that sounds great. You know, I tend to just rush through, nuke some food, get on the computer, argue with people I don't even know, be miserable the rest of the day, and then hurry off to my next assignment. All the classics. All the the classic American life choices. That we make. And after I've, you know, I I bring it up again tonight because I really, I I know that I'm doing the wrong thing by not making myself a priority, by not dedicating, you know, the time and the attention to be more at peace, to dedicate more time to just my own mental health, my well-being, my physical health. You know, I had a heart attack two years ago. I'm cruising for another one. Keep running around, keep overscheduling, work doubles. It's okay. <laughs> I don't mind. I like doing this. But then again, you know, I'm not on anti-anxiety meds. So, and I'm still, I still know that I should be taking better care of myself. You know, if, if you are out there, if you're a texter, and if you are taking an anti-anxiety medication, Can you imagine it, it, dedicating enough time of your day and a, enough of a, a mental practice that you could eliminate that anti-anxiety med? W- would you dedicate your time to it? Would you decide to do it? A texter just points out, I got off social media and it was a six-month decompression and I found that I would savor every moment of the day. I found my former joy getting off social media. Boy, that's a that's a key. That's the answer to the test right there. How much time we dedicate arguing to with total strangers over stuff that really doesn't matter. We're giving away our serenity. We're bringing on unnecessary anxiety. Boy, someone says they keep a gratitude journal. That sounds like a great idea, too. I've heard that before. You know, they say deciding to be miserable or deciding to be positive will dictate how your day goes, right? When someone is sick, the key to survival is deciding to live. You know, my friend Bob just beat cancer and I knock wood. He's got a clean bill of health and he'll hopefully keep, keep getting more as they go. But he decided from day one that he was going to do whatever it took to survive. That's that positive attitude thing. Instead of sweating it every day, 
Hmm. Texture says, you should try practicing mindfulness. Your, your phone is a drug or a pill. You can't go without your phone. That's These two topics are very tied together. They're right. You know, the time I spent looking at my phone, scrolling through places that don't matter to me, talking to people about things that really don't matter and impact my life, worrying about stuff halfway around the world that I can't control, just eliminating that. I'm halfway to mindfulness. I'm in. I think I'll try doing this. It's Kyra Knights. Yeah, maybe we'll all get a better tomorrow together. Spike O'Neill, that's Matt Butler. Be right back after these. Girlfriend left town. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I'm proud of you, man. That's awesome. What a great, what a great cell phone. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I I was so down on myself about the the whole mindfulness and, and dedicating more time to self care, and how I feel like I've been cheating myself for doing that. And the textures are are really great tonight. They're saying, uh, you know, take the time. Work on yourself. Uh, a texture point out that I go to the gym, and an hour in the gym will give me something a pill cannot do. There's no anti-anxiety pill that can give me the kind of rush in my brain. I mean, it's a chemical reaction in your brain when you exercise. You know, whether it's hot yoga for for Jack Stein, or whether it's like the texture says, an hour in the gym. You know, that's Roger University Place. Thank you. Another texter says, you know, I practice mindfulness, but sometimes I also need the, the, the chemical help as well. And, and that's everything's different for everybody. Everybody's got a different set of chemical makeup in their brain, a different set of stimulus in their life, a different of recipe for happiness and success. You know, I read Springsteen's memoir this summer. And to be to be honest, I listened to it on tape because he read it, and that's so much cooler than me reading it in my voice. Why well, can't hear him read it in his voice? And here's like Bruce Springsteen, who just sold his catalog for what half a billion dollars, right? Five hundred million dollars. And he talked about first off his dad's lifelong fight with mental illness. His dad was uh, suffered from depression, and his entire life, his relationship with his dad has notoriously been bad. His was bad his entire life. His dad has since passed away. But that his dad, at the end of his life, sought sought mental health help and sought pharmaceutical assistance, and it helped his dad have ten of the best years of his life at the end of his life. And then Bruce confesses in his memoir that he suffers from crippling depression at times. I mean, here's a guy who's got it all right. Got the tiger by the tail. Got millions of adoring fans. More money than he could ever possibly know what to do with. Success beyond belief. And he says there are days he is so crippled by self-doubt and depression, it's impossible to even leave his bed. And he gets help from his his pharmacist. His, his pharmaceutical doctor has prescribed a balance of anti-anxiety and anti-depression meds that work for him. And the guy's fit as a fiddle. Guy can put four and a half hour shows out five, six, seven nights a week. And he's, he's 70. 
He's 73, I believe now, and he still rocks like crazy, but his brain still needs help. So we all have different mechanisms, different recipes for getting to the finish line of a day, getting there in the best possible shape that we can. So I'm not going to beat myself up for not dedicating the two hours of mindfulness or physical exercise, all the things. But I, I, I do need to listen to my own voice and listen to the advice of smart people and the actual experiences of people who are, who are it's working for and say, hey, you know, stop taking the shortcuts. Invest in yourself. Make yourself a priority. It's great. Thank you all for your input in the show tonight, man. Uh, and someone else points out that there is as much good on social media as there is negative. And we choose the algorithms we see by the things we click on and engage with. You, know, you start clicking on every puppy and kitten picture in your, in your feed on Facebook, you're going to see more puppy and kitten pictures in your Facebook feed. You stop arguing with people who disagree with you on Facebook, you're going to see less of those people in your feed. That's how the algorithm of Facebook and social media work. The more you engage with, the more you see. They're in the, in the business of feeding you what you have shown that you want to see. It's the same thing in life. Decide to have a positive attitude. Decide to, to see the glass as half full. That's what your glass is going to look like every day. The old saying is, you know, whether you're right, whether you think you're right or you think you're wrong, that's how it's going to be. Yet you're right. If you think you're going to fail, you are. If you think you're going to succeed, most times you are. You have to just make the decision that that's the path for you. And that's the only option you got. That's the only choice you have. Of course it's going to work. You know, you don't give in to, to doubt and anxiety and you decide, okay, I'm going to do it and this is how I'm going to do it and it happens. That's the only way it happens is to decide that it's going to happen and do what it takes to make it happen. When I lost a job in radio five years ago, I was like the bottom of the barrel, but I didn't stop. Decided I wanted to do this and I was going to do whatever it took to keep doing something like this until the opportunity to do this again presented itself and here it is. So yeah. Yeah. It works. Someone said, uh, oh, <laughs> sorry about the 10 minutes of dead air. Matt and I were practicing mindfulness. Wait a minute. That's a, that's a funny joke. And it says, another texture says, doctors don't give out pills as freely as you make it sound. And that's true. I'm not saying doctors are irresponsible. But a lot of people, when told by their doctor, you need to exercise more. You need to practice you know, some serenity. You need to slow down your life. You need to make your health a priority. A lot of folks say, you know what, give me a pill. A lot of folks don't want to hear the advice from their doctor. I'm not saying doctors are the problem. A lot of times we're the problem. and won't even listen to our doctor's good advice. Got to admit, though, with the opioid crisis in this country, doctors do, some doctors, some doctors, do hand out pills a lot more frequently than they probably should. You know, whether it's for anti-anxiety or whether it's for pain or whatever it's for. I mean, I think it's a safe thing to say that we have, we try to pharmaceutical our way out of most situations, whether it's mental health or physical health. And there's a billion dollar industry to, to try to make that the solution to all our problems. Watch TV some night, see how many pharmaceutical ads you see. There's big business in making you feel that, making you think that there's a pill to solve any problem you got. I love the commercials where the, the side effects take twice as long to describe as what the benefits of a pill are. 
You know, there was a, my favorite example is one uh, where you have restless leg. You know what restless leg is? That's where your leg kind of just kind of shakes and trembles. You know, if you're sitting there, your leg will start to just kind of bounce. It's called restless leg syndrome. And there's a pill for that. You can take a pill and it'll stop the restless leg syndrome. Now, that pill may have a side effect. You may have muscle aches. You may have dehydration. You may have vomiting. You may have spotty vision. You may have diarrhea. You may have bowel obstructions. You may have this spotty rash. You may have, you know, fever blisters. If you tell me that I've got diarrhea, fever blisters, a rash, hair loss, nail loss, and I could give up all that and just have a, a, a shaky leg, I trade it in a heartbeat. Give me, the, give me the, or the, give me the restless leg syndrome and keep your side effects. I'm listening to my own advice here, Matt. I'm going to start being more mindful. I'm going to practice mindfulness. I'm going to decide to be optimistic. I'm going to stop fighting with total strangers on social media. It is not my job. I am not the jackass whisperer. It's not my job to change these people's mind. Well, it is from 7 to 10. But after that, I'm off the clock. I'm going to just work on me. It's going to be great. Texas says, I've ridden my bike for hours, up to 100 kilometers. That's 62 miles. Hours of martial arts training. I've never felt a short-term benefit except being sleepy. Gym rats claim it works for them, doesn't work for everybody. That's, that's true. Like I said, there's a different recipe for success for everybody. We just have to find our recipe for success. And half the time, it's just deciding to be successful. It's Kyra Knights, Spike O'Neill, pontificating for your entertainment pleasure. Matt Butler's on the board laughing at me behind the glass. Music can, soothe, music can solve all of our problems, can't they? You're right. Music can solve all of our problems. We're right back after these. Give you some of your texts. You've been great for me. song I sang to my wife at our wedding. Bruce Springsteen's All That Heaven Will Allow from Tunnel of Love. Wow, nice job, buddy. That's awesome. Ah, This has been a great night. Uh, And I appreciate all your input from the text lines. Matt, you as always, man. Look at you grabbing the song for my wedding. Someone says, you have never had restless leg syndrome, Spike. Trust me, it is not just your leg shaking. And I wrote back, I'm sure it is much more than I can imagine. I'm sorry for minimalizing the situation. And the texter responded again that, you know, it's like your skin's crawling. You can't sleep. You can't sit down. You have to try to walk it off and it never ends. So I I apologize. I don't mean to minimalize that. Someone else says, I have horrible restless leg syndrome. Do you say there's a fix? There's a pill for that. I saw it on TV. My point was that sometimes the side effects that these pills give folks, boy, you know, it seems like they're worse than the the disease itself. But I guess given that so many people say this on your text, um, you'll take any solution you can get in a lot of situations. You'll trade it for the side effects. 
425 points out that I am never going to get a pharmaceutical sponsorship given the last hour of this show. And you're probably right. I pretty much blew that one. Uh, so many people tonight, Matt, compliment you on the musical choices that you make. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Matt is the bomb. And music will, we've talked about this so many times, man. Music will change any mood. You know, music is music is the pharmaceutical solution, the audio solution that you need, I think, in a lot of time, a lot of situations. Texas says, I can ride my bike for 35 miles, come home, get in a hot shower, and feel like I could live forever. Amen. Spike, I'm not going to lie. I did not enjoy you at first. I like you now. I don't know. You're growing on me. Hey, thank you. Appreciate that. We're trying to get better at this. You know, this is a, this is a new adventure in my life. And I know, Matt, you too, getting a chance to do this on a nightly basis and speak our mind and share our points of view on the world, man. We're, 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 we're going to find our voice. Still, it is an adventure for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Loving every minute of it. Thanks for being so positive. Texter says, yep. Oh, let's see. Oh, we talked about Matt being a, a single guy in the city. And uh, a texture says, Matt, welcome to Seattle. Nice. I couldn't agree more, man. Matt, welcome to Seattle. I originated in Seattle but lived in other places, like the Midwest and Montana, as well as California. Seattle can be a dark place for new people, especially. It can be a great place, too. It's the toughest place I've ever met to meet new people and to create friends. But there really are good people here. And if you want to take Matt out for a beer sometime, just text the show, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> we talked about movies tonight with uh, Frank Summerall came in from My Northwest and talked about the, uh, the Oscar nominations for this year. And someone said that Licorice Pizza is a great movie. And I haven't seen that one, but I've heard very good things about that one. Some uh, visual references in that film, too, to our buddy Matt Markovich's old stomping grounds at KMET. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that's from the same era. So there's oh. some KMET stickers in the in this movie. Nice. Uh, more textures tonight about the, uh, the, the movies that, uh, you know, what's her name? Anna de Armas, right, uh, was nominated for an Oscar for her role as Marilyn Monroe. And a lot of people are just down on that movie for a lot of different reasons. I haven't seen it yet. Biopics are tough for me, you know? You, you have to, especially if you really care about the artist that is being memorialized in film. It's hard to get it right to do a really great biopic. I thought that, uh, that the Bohemian Rhapsody movie did a really nice job with Freddie Mercury. I thought the actor that, uh, that played him was phenomenal. I forgot, apologize, his name escapes me. As did the uh, the young man who played Rocket Man, Rocket Man played Elton John and Rocket Man. Thought he did a fantastic job as well. Maybe the best ever, I think, though, Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison in the Doors movie. Val Kilmer really, really committed to the role, sang all his own music, and embodied Jim Morrison. Someone says, Yes, Spike, Paris Hilton did have a baby. Paris Hilton's a new mom, and they had a baby with a surrogate. And uh, my first reaction was, was your figure that important? But it, it, you know, who knows what circumstances led Paris Hilton to make the decision to have a surrogate. Nothing wrong with having a surrogate to have a baby. As long as you want to be a mom and you get to be a mom, good on you, Paris Hilton. Oh. 
I think that's about it for the text line, my friend. We will be back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock to do this again for you nice folks. Uh, I will be back tomorrow from 12 to 3 with Jack Stein doing Cairo Middays. We had a nice time today. The audience was very uh, patient. (laughs) Actually, the audience was very, very gracious. Uh, And some kind texts came in. And they, you know, a lot of folks want what they want when they come in uh, to Cairo Middays and they expect what they are used to hearing. That's not going to be the case when I'm doing the show with Jack Stein, but we're going to have fun. We're going to talk about things I hope are relevant to you. Same thing we do here at night. And if we disagree, we'll disagree with some with some dignity and some respect for each other, some civility, and we'll get along. Thanks for being here tonight. We'll see you guys tomorrow, or I'll see you tomorrow at noon. See you then.